Grinners, Puritans, and anyone in between, and or both, I guess. Um, hope everyone is well. I'm back for the solo stream that I thought I was going to do, that I didn't do uh, this morning, last night, whenever the hell that was, after the final battle, because instead I was joined by Young Dukes and the confirmed shoot. We had a hell of a time. We talked about Randy Savage and um, I think Ring of Honor. Maybe a little bit. Nonetheless, I don't know what the deal is. Today. I don't know what everyone's up to. I assume many people are, uh, you know, are, are enjoying their Saturday evening, partying maybe, dare I say. Uh, maybe they're going real crazy and watching WCW. I don't know. But nonetheless, I had like an hour, honestly more than that, and I thought I would just hop on, hang out for a little bit, answer any questions if there are any. Seems like we have a decent house in the building, so I'm going to just kind of be chilling for a bit. If there's any uh, questions, I will try my absolute best to answer them. Let me do some tweets, because it's important that we promote these things, as so I've learned over the last uh, too many years of this shit. So let me do some tweets, and then we'll kind of just talk grouch for a little bit. Collision is tonight. I'm also going to try to watch the ultimate fighting that's, that's taking place this evening. Um... <laughs> Just for AJ Styles' cycle question, which is tremendous. Uh, so, yeah, before I go any further, I would like to note there are many things from last night that I have not seen. So, if it's like, if the question is like as simple as, what did you think of this match? We may have issues. If the question is instead like some bullshit for about, you know, 1998, I might have a chance. Um, yes, Tope, I actually, yeah, I was going to reach out to one of you guys. We need to put the shoot fight on in the Discord tonight if we're, you know, not to blow up our spot or anything. But nonetheless, let me do these tweets and then I'll be with everyone. I hope everyone is well on this glorious Saturday evening. I've very much been dealing today with a with a, a wrestling hangover. You know, the, you know the vibe. If you're watching this, you put an arm talk about when there's a big show, when there's an exciting show. And it, it it rocks, and you get that that emotional roller coaster of a great wrestling show, and you see guys and gals have the match of their dreams, and you have some have the match of their nightmares, perhaps, and it all settles down, and you're like, "We go again tomorrow. Collisions on." <laughs> so I've been dealing with that today a lot, and just chilling out and and kind of resetting after what was a crazy week. Mostly for reasons you're all aware of. I mean, it was a pretty wild week uh, in the in the land of Burt, uh, if I may say so myself. So crazy times. Very thankful for this ride and, and what a year it's been. Like, honestly, I'm blown away by how fortunate I've been this year. So uh, I thought I would hop on and hang out with the, the real diehard uh, Burt folks. So before I get into that and questions, Big Franco cheered 95 bits, which I greatly appreciate. Um, I think I covered all the other stuff. I don't, the follows I'm way, I, I just give up on. If you followed over the last day, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, six star goes with this traditional Joe Holbert thing. And I, I kind of like it. I think it's a little too classy for me. Um, but I kind of rock with it. I mean, it's better than Puritans, right? For, for our reciprocal years. So yeah, I, I'm with it. Traditional Joe Holbert. I don't know if it's very catchy, but I mean, I'm all for bits. Let's rock with it. Or how? There we go. The aforementioned Puritans there getting some love. JJ in the chat. Uh, I want to quickly, JJ messaged me this before. We now have a new official operating scale for how we consume wrestling. 
and we have the faces of Kawada to capture our emotional scale. We have three shots, okay? Two of these are our JJ specials. One is the stock image, as we know. Stock photo, that's just that's, that's, that's the usual, right? When you're watching Keith Lee and Shane Taylor, there you are, boom. This one has a lot because I think there is a, a slight sign of hope somewhere in there. I, I think it, it does serve as a middle ground. But there's also one of those deep breaths as if to say, fuck hell, this is a tough, tough night's work, you know? It isn't catastrophic so much as it is, I'm not too sure about this boss. And then we have the greatest achievement of JJ's photography career. A true, a true, a true miracle shot here of what appears to be a smile. <laughs> Now I will note that it does it looks to be somewhat painful for the great the great man to get that smile out, but he's he's trying nonetheless. There's a hint of agony across his kind of cheekbones there, is he? But nonetheless, shout out to JJ, one of the greats. And he popped me with that here a moment ago. So I mentioned the bits. Thank you, Franco. Hello, I hope you're well. Um, oh how Elliot. Evening don't have an at. LF Grin. I see that on like a shitty AEW shirt. That sounds good. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not keen on Puritans. I just think it's better than purists. I think honestly, um, this is not AI. <laughs> Evening, folks. Everyone's well, indeed. Pre-colliding, Bing Bong. Yeah, this is crap. The Pistons, Willie. I have such respect for this Pistons craft you got going on, man. It's this wild. I, I can only respect it. Here's what I mentioned earlier. Thoughts on AJ Styles being on a cycle. So I think it's fair to say the big man is back. Um, I don't want to ruin anyone's fun. I do. I think this it's, it's a conversation for another day. I would say that based on the phenomenal forearm, there's room to be slightly concerned <laughs> about how this will affect the great Uncle Alan style. But for now, he looks incredible. It's the best he's ever looked, I think, physically. So... Or the biggest, anyway. So, um, good for him. I don't know if I care enough about the matter to, like, have actual interest in whether or not there has been a change in certain elements they do, because it sure has been interesting as of late. The WWF has gone... Oracle said this on uh, one of the shows we've done in the last year. And he was like, it's kind of gone in reverse. And I think this is a really interesting talking point about... WWE's kind of current boom. When Triple H first took over, he was doing this like he was kind of trying to NXTify, if there's such a thing, it certainly isn't, but nonetheless, the main roster, right? And like, you know, he was um he was extending the matches and he was pushing different people and so on and so forth. And now, after about 18 months of his regime, just shy of that. It's it seems actually like we've gone in the opposite direction. And now I think the WWF resembles more the 80s. WWF than it, than it has in years is basically just a promotion where the baby faces come out, play the hits, say their catchphrase and kick ass. It's, it's fascinating. And within line of that, it's getting back to being the land of the giants too. So AJ obviously is not the tallest guy, but he's, he certainly came back jacked here. So uh, good for, good for him. Hopefully he can have a good run here at his return. Okay. Um, where are we getting Riho and Soraya, which was all but confirmed on Rampage. 
That's interesting. I don't know. Um, I'm intrigued how that match comes out. I didn't actually like mind the Soraya, uh, you know, like kind of bullshit title reign where she did like Jeff Jarrett matches. I thought it was kind of fun. I could see Riho being good in one of those. Um, I'm not sure where it will be taking place or when I should say, but um, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And I saw some Soraya Ruby. I know they're building that whole thing with uh, with Cool Hand Ange, so we shall see. Bob O'Neill is not that, you know, he's actually suspended right now for his drug test. I was going to comment on that in a statement, but you asked, so there it is. Bob is, he'll be back on Tuesday. That was why he wasn't on the show uh, a couple weeks back. So, yeah. Very unfortunate. Also, why is Riho so good? Thank you, TK. Please answer in the verge of Tony Khan. Um, loaded question. Loaded question. I think there's so many been so many great matches across so many different great shows. And um, she's a former world champion. She's had so many great matches across so many different great shows. I remember one time in Atlanta, she had a great match and Sky Blue was there. And there's been so many great matches. So I think that's part of why she's so good is she has so many great matches. Um, now to give you my own answer, uh, she's probably one of the most legitimate baby faces we have left in the game, honestly. Um, she's a throwback. The way she wrestles, she's simplified the game to a point where you just have to give her stuff to sell and she'll probably get the match over. You know, I think, and it always feels a little bit lazy because the uh, her size is like a huge talking point all the time. And I, I hate when it's used as a detriment, but I do think it should be a talking point because it tells you a lot about how good she is psychologically. You know, I don't think the answer of Riho is ignoring that she's tiny. She is tiny, you know, but that's the beauty of her act is she's such a good baby face. And that's part of why it's Ray. You know, that's the, that's the dynamic there. Um, so she's tremendous. She's one of my favorites to watch in that division. And not that that's a pretty long list as of late, but it's still good to have her back. It's a good card, man. I'm, I'm excited. Definitely watch it. <clears throat> I used to be a huge MMA guy. When I first started writing about wrestling, it was actually a thing I did, like in addition to doing MMA writing. And I just, it, I fell off. I can't follow it anymore. So many cards. I mean, wrestling's the same, but you kind of have to pick one. It feels like someone. <laughs> um, great question. Is it true the thirty-one in Robert? And... <laughs> I couldn't even get out. I'm going to just say yes. Anyone who's watching the stream and saw the chat can make it what they will. Um, I'm well, Finn. Hope you're well too. It was a great night, Graps. It's very long night, Graps, but it was it was a tremendous time nonetheless. Um, thoughts on TK's clap back to AEW criticism in the presser? I saw like a tiny clip. So anything I say that's off base, I apologize. I didn't see the whole thing. It's my bad. Um, I think we all need to do a better job of kind of conceding on the idea that like we're ever going to get to a point where most of the conversation about wrestling is level-headed and reasonable. Um, I think a lot of us like spend a lot of our day like kind of highlighting insane behavior and over-focusing on a small percentage of fans that act like fucking lunatics when anything happens. And I think when we do that, we convince ourselves it's a much bigger percentage than it actually is. Tony's very online and I can see why it drives him nuts. Um, I get it completely. I sympathize with it on some level, but it's a good example of how you just need to kind of have perspective on like a lot of the people who, who complain on Twitter are just, you know, they just want the show to be better. 
and there is a small small percentage of people that are just not worth just listening to. So it's a very hard thing to do. I think I see it on my very, very minor level, so I can understand how hard it is on his level. You know, I, I get it completely. You want to get feedback from fans. You want to interact or at least see how your your audience is, is kind of reading things. It's very hard to do that with, with the way that kind of the online wrestling um, bubble, I guess, is. But I get it, man. I, I mean... I think it's more nuanced than just like we never get any credit or whatever, but I can also see it feeling that way when you have to have a show and you log on and it's fucking World War Three, you know? Like I understand it. So it's difficult, man. I'm not sure. I'm sorry for the very floaty answer there, but that was the best I had. Um, how'd you like the rampage main event? I have not yet seen it. I'm told it's great. I heard it was great on like one Wednesday. We all got that that word, right? I think it was even out there, like this match is crazy. Um but I haven't seen it, unfortunately. So I apologize. Rampage, I haven't seen. Really, I should have watched that before I went live. But at the same time, here I am. Um, absolutely insane territory run. It's been fun, man. It's been really fun. The uh, the last eighteen months have been crazy. It was like it's been a it's been a it's been a ride. It's been there's been some highs and lows along the way, but it's been cool and like. I definitely feel like there's some momentum right now. It feels like things are kind of trending in the right direction, which I, I'm thankful for. That's uh, not always been the case. <laughs> Put it that way and leave it there. Right? I think most of you know what I'm talking about. So it's, it's been really cool. And and this week in particular, I got a lot of love from people that I didn't even know knew who I was, let alone care to watch something I did. So it's been neat. You have to kind of just keep doing your thing. Right? You can't lose your mind with that stuff. It's like, it's what you for for a day. Everyone's showing you love, and then you have to carry on with your usual your usual bullshit. So, I'm trying to ride the wave and have fun. Um, I think it's been you know I think my work has kind of spoke for itself a lot this year. It's not always been the case, but I'm very proud of what of what I've been able to do. So, I'm thankful for all of you guys who have allowed that by supporting from afar. I'm thankful for everyone who's been on the shows with me. I'm thankful for all of this shit because it's been uh, it's been it's been a it's really been a treat. Like. There's been many points this year where I've I've kind of realized like, you know, the journey has been worth it even if it stops here because I got to do some cool shit. And this week was like an ultimate version of that, right? With the with the the interview with Athena. So it's been it's been awesome. So I'm thankful for everyone who's who's enjoyed it and has supported me along the way. Uh the real grab scale indeed, JJ. Joe, if you could only keep either Squire Dave Taylor or Santino Cobra Morelli, Morella. I brought my punch Centino. And the other is completely erased from history. Who do you choose? Um Centino booked Marty, I think. Dave Taylor never did anything controversial, so I'm gonna take Dave Taylor. <laughs> wow. Roman is the guy. I'm a big Roman fan. Big Rome. Um Shino does this thing now where it says everyone who joins on Twitter tells me, and it's uh it's quite the experience visually, I must admit. Okay. What else we got here? Pillars ranking. I'm going to do favorite because I'm not enough of an expert to give you a really good conversation about legacy impacts on and so forth. So I'm just going to give you my favorite. I'm going to put on a match right now. Who am I watching? Kawada's always been the one seed for me. <clears throat> I just, that dude's inherent kind of dickheadedness. Uh, has always popped me. I would say for me, it's it's Kawada, Kobashi, 
Misawa and Tawai, and I'm, that's probably like sacrilege to some folks. I get it, but that's just always the way that I've considered them. Kobashi is in some circles somewhat divisive because of his, um, he's the most theatrical of the pillars. I'm not someone who is like totally instinctively averse to that. So I, he'd be my two personally. But, um, but yeah, quarters one with a bullet for me. Love it, dude. Uh, what else we got here? How do you feel about certain returning wrestlers' use of alloy steroids? <laughs> that, was a much, that was a much more direct way of phrasing it than what I had earlier. Um, I mean, I think there is probably like room to ask some questions, but I'm not going to pretend I care enough to ask them. So I'm just going to say God bless and hopefully everyone's doing what they're doing safely. I'm not sure I'm convinced they are, but I don't know. Um, what else we got here? Indeed, the Oracle of Wrestling looking to the heavens, then praising the current <laughs> Only question we asked for, I got to take on watch the Pistons. God bless. Is Commander actually good, or do people uh, not know ball? I'm not going to pretend like I'm a genius, but I see people saying this guy's good and getting better, but I haven't and don't see it all. So I'm not going to pretend I'm a big fan because I'm not. However, I do think he's getting noticeably better. Um, his execution, I think, has got like dramatically better over the last six months. He's never going to be the archetype of which, like, I go and buy a Commander T-shirt. But I do think he's actually getting to be pretty good, honestly. Um, maybe I'm being overly wowed by that match we team with Gravity and look like fucking Rey Mysterio in 96, by comparison. I don't know. But I think he's getting better. I'm not a huge fan by any means. He does have his moments that drive me slightly nuts, but I, I do think he's improving pretty, pretty quickly. So that's where I'm at right now. Big fan. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, Joe. Hope you're having a good one. Hope you're having a good one too, mate. Happy Saturday. Ding bong, indeed. Um, I didn't catch all the final, but I would find it hilarious how you called the Cole Fletcher thing. I have my moments. I have my very seldom. They don't happen often. In in the prediction realm, I'm I'm not the best, but I do have my moments. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to really go with Kyle as a singles. I mean, that's relative, right? Is He's the Ring of Honor TV champ, and there's like three more important guys in his faction. But I think he's going to be more of a singles guy, which is, I, I don't know. I, as a fan of Mark Davis, is kind of a bummer. I hope that there's something kind of lined up for him also, but we'll see. His presentation last night felt telling. I thought did Fletcher's. So, yeah. Time will tell. Yeah, Riho is awesome. Absolutely. Talking about selling. It's almost a shame Athena is such a vicious monster because her selling for big bills, hope spots was incredible. Dude, this is unbelievable. Like the, the way that she is able to just take the simplest bump. I honestly think she may be the best in wrestling at this particular thing I'm about to describe. <clears throat> and I don't know if this will make sense to anyone. If it does, maybe cosign. So I know I'm not insane. But it's like, there is a scale of the way you take bumps, right? And and there are great bumpers who take them very, very kind of... Bret Hart took some iconic bumps, but he was very um, kind of blunt with it. You know, Bret would very seldom lace it with great flair. If you look at the way Bret sells a stunner, I think that gives you a great example of the way he would generally sell and bump uh, and the way he approached it psychologically. It's very realistic. And then the other side of that scale... Is Sean. And I'm not, I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just saying that that's like the range. And I think 
Athena is great in that her selling is like, it is showy and it is athletic and it is kind of daring and, and, and flashy. But at the same time, it's violent. There's like a whiplash vibe to it. You know, it doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel like kind of gymnastics style. It, it, it feels like, like a car crash. It's, it's wild to watch. Especially when she's wrestling, but they don't have the greatest offense. You know, Billy, I actually thought kind of killed it in that regard last night. But if you watch like her match with, no, I'm sorry, it's got a single out, Topi Suicida's favorite wrestler. But, you know, Sky Blue doesn't have the most, you know, her offense isn't exactly Champions Carnival, um, you know, in, in, uh, in tone. But <clears throat> against Athena, her shit was like popping because of the way that Athena will just throw herself into and out of things. It's crazy to watch. So, I agree completely. Um, Athena is a great in-ring babyface. She's just also the hardest hitter in that entire division, really, it feels like. And her stuff just packs a different kind of punch. This presentation of her as, like, basically Ring of Honor's Mike Tyson is fucking magic. Um, I mean, no one needs to hear me talk about Athena anymore. It's been enough, but I, I'm blown away by how good she's been and what she's achieved. I, I think it's been... It's been really special, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah, Riho and Athena would be spectacular for sure. Yeah, this is what killed me off, man, the, the fight nights, especially now they're from the uh, the Apex thing. It's difficult. Um, not watching wrestling during his peak, but how good was Keith Lee in 2019 compared to now? So I was never like a huge fan of the archetype of like the, the kind of a uh, high spot, big man. That's not really fair to keep to like, to just diminish him to that. But like, just for the sake of conversation, that's kind of the archetype, right? So I was never a huge fan. And that trend was really big for a while. Like the matches he had, for example, with Dijak was a lot for me personally, but I got the appeal though. So what I would say is while he always had his kind of his flaws for me, he was incredibly exciting and super dynamic. And he was like printing money in terms of what you could do from a push point of view. Cause he got over with every live crowd. Um, he, I mean, you think you still see that now, right? People still love him just because of them, the way they remember him being and what he's still capable of doing. He's very fun to watch. Unfortunately, he's, his issue now is he can still do a lot of the stuff that once made him so spectacular. He's, his inability to bridge one to the next is his issue. He can't push a pace. And let me be clear, we all understand there are many reasons why that's more than understandable. So I'm not trying to be spiteful about it. I'm just analyzing it best I can. His pace is slow. And a guy like Joe, who's a natural comparison, he's able to use tricks to kind of mask that those, those bridges, you know? Joe's very similar. He has his handful of things he can still do tremendously well and he plugs them in accordingly. And he uses kind of tricks to, to get from one to the next. I think you see in a match like last night where Keith lacks in that regard, you know, and it's kind of when he's not doing his thing, there's just a lot of walking around and, and kind of nothing. Um, I'll say this for both fellas. An agent should have helped them last night. Because if I knew the the right thing was to do was have an eight-minute match, I don't know how someone put their hand up and said, let's give them 15. I don't get it. The show was long enough. Um, I didn't understand that. So 
yeah, I, I'm not sure. I I found the whole agenting of that match to be fucking insane, to be honest. But it is what it is, man. At least the destroyer spot was cool. Um, evening, Anthony. I hope you're well. Uh, are you looking forward to Joe becoming world champion? World champion? Very much. I think that's actually happening too. I'm very excited about that that possibility. I'm concerned about kind of how uh, I'm concerned about how it's done. If I'm being honest, because the devil stuff. I'm not going to complain because if like Samoa Joe wins the world title, I'm cool with that anyway. But you know, if it is like secondary to just some bullshit about the devil, it's not really what any of us had in mind. I don't think, but. You take what you can. Um, hopefully they can have something resembling a real match. I really like the first Joe-Max match. So it'd be a shame if they can't, but I'm also not convinced they'll be able to do much because Max is obviously hurting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I do have those slight concerns. But the rain itself, I'm hoping, will be really fun for as long as it lasts. It won't be a long rain, I don't think, but I think it'll be a fun rain if indeed we get it. What NXT blokes would you call up? I'm a big Bron Breaker believer. Um, I actually think him staying in NXT long enough to do this heel run has helped him in the long run, I think. <clears throat> I think there's a chance that that's just kind of the best spot for him for a while. Um, so, yeah, I think Bron's the easy one. I'm trying to think otherwise of people that... I mean, I think it's worth seeing what you have with Tyler Bate on the main roster. I don't think there's any improvement left there, so you may as well kind of figure out what you want to do with him. I'm not going to pretend I'm like a super fan, but he's obviously very, very talented. Um, so there's a couple. The big one that you need to take your time with and don't call up is Trick, who <clears throat> I think may main event at WrestleMania, to be honest, because I don't give a fuck how that dude's bumping looks. He's There's something there, man. I It's very obvious, and you're going to have to get a little bit creative with some of these matches, I think, for a while, but... He connects and he has cool factor. I think Trick Williams is big time money. So he's not someone I'd call up now, but just because you brought up NXT, I, I have to reiterate that. Uh, why am I totally here for a big Ethan Page run in 2024? Because Ego is, he's a talented dude, man. I get it. I, I've always liked Ethan. He's not someone who is going to jump off the page to, at you on like a skill chart. You know, if we were to rank the AEW roster on, you know, in-ring, whatever it may be, he may not jump off the page, but he's very steady. He's he's versatile and he commits to every role you give him and does his best with it. And if you do those things consistently, there's a role for you to play. And I think he suffered greatly from the, um, the push he got last year, I think it was last year, full gear, the tournament, where he beat Eddie and he beat Bandito, I want to say. I think he suffered from that because that was the wrong role for him and he got pushed back because it was like too high a spot for him on the card. That's not his fault, you know? Like, <laughs> he could only do the most of what he's given and he was given a role that was too high for him on the AW card. That doesn't mean he isn't valuable. So I think a lot of people are kind of readjusting their, you know, reassessing Ethan. And I think also there's like a, among AW hardcore fans, I think there's a perception shift of like, Look, at least Ethan wants to be there and he's going to kind of go for it, which will get you a long way, right? I mean, let's be honest. So, yeah, I, I like Ethan. Honestly, I like the men of the year as a team back then, so I've always been kind of bullish on reuniting them. I've said that a bunch, so I'm in on it. I'm happy for Ethan. I thought it came off really well last night. Um, what have we got here? 
apart from Oberfemming Pop, who's obviously going to win? Uh, but who's your second pick for the Rumble? I think Punk's going to get it, man. I think Punk's going to get it, which is hilarious. But I think that's where we're at. I think Punk's going to win the Rumble. Cold water time. <laughs> are you wanting to interview more wrestlers? If so, who are you looking to interview? Um, for sure. I mean, it's like, I think anyone who who's interested in doing interviews, they have like an ideal goal of get, being able to do more expansive stuff, right? Like I would love to do more in-depth interviews and, and really kind of delve into someone's career. As I'm sure you could all imagine, like, the Athena one is a good example of we had barely had a chance to scratch the surface, right? Like was, we had to, we had to do what that interview was there to do, which is we had 15 minutes to promote this show. And I thought we did a really good job of that. And she was tremendous. And so it made it easy for me, but I would love to do that exact interview as in, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, sit down. It's like in depth. So either way, the answer is yes. Wrestlers are mostly into interview. Obviously do behind me goes about saying, I mean, I think that'd be just awesome. Um, so much you could ask Samojo, and he seems like he's just a great sport in that setting from what I've seen. So I'd love to interview Joe. Um, I'm trying to think otherwise of, of who would be a really cool one. There are quirky ones that I think would really pop out, like my audience, our audience, whatever. That sounded really pretentious. I apologize. But like, I saw people having fun with it, but I think the idea of a screenshot of me and Aldis on the screen would be fun. I think people would like that. I think the same with um, me in the future, Academy Award winner, Chavo Guerrero. So I like the idea of quirky ones like that because I think a lot of what kind of the appeal, I think, is for those that do watch, and it's a small audience, but an audience that's invested for whatever reason, is they enjoy seeing the dipshit who talks to them on solo streams like this do those. So I think quirky ones like that pop me more. Obviously, any wrestler of note, I'd love to do an interview because I've, you know, I, I think it's great questions to ask any of those guys. So most are, are implied, but um, there's a couple of quirky ones that I just think would be fun. I also need to do the deal with the new Japan announcer who looks like me because that would be funny as fuck. Also, so <laughs> there are some some silly ones. Continental Classic's great, but the prize worries me. Me too. With the champ defend titles individually, is CC is the Continental Classic built annual? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of questions also. And in addition, I have a lot of concerns about like what the triple crown, what role that's actually going to serve. I'm, I kind of think it may be like a little bit unfortunate once we actually see it in action, which I hate to say, but I'm just being honest. So I don't know the answers to those questions, brother, but I'm with you in that they don't, <laughs> it's something that's kind of looming out. I must admit, as much as I appreciate the, you know, triple crown thing being like a good pop in a vacuum, it does feel a little bit like, really? We need to do this. One of the belts isn't actually a belt yet, and the other one is the strong open weight. Like, but whatever. Hopefully, it's better than I'm, I think we're both imagining. Hopefully, it works out. I'm a newer wrestling fan. I want to go back and watch old stuff. How should I go about that? It's a big question, so no worries if you can't. So I'll try my best, man. It is a big question, but um, I'll try a, a big answer, I guess. Um, I think the best thing you can do is find wrestlers to travel time through, basically. So, for example, if you could find... So, if you pick out, like, a, a match that... Maybe it just interests you, right? Like, a classic match. Maybe for you, it's Bretton Austin that you kind of... I'd like to see what why that's so critically acclaimed. Maybe it's... Maybe it is a Masao or Inquada or whatever it may be. I think 
picking out a couple of those matches and finding a wrestler that you personally dig and like you really are into the way they wrestle and the way their their style is, how their style is. And then going through that wrestler's career, I think is the best way because then what you do is you meet these characters along the way. You know, I've explained this before, but um, my actual like fandom of the four pillars, I'm not an expert on that era at all. I want to be clear about that because everyone claims to be an expert now. It's like, I'm not one. So to be clear, but my fandom of knowledge of those guys is all built through Hanson because I was a big Terry Funk fan, which then led me to become a big Stan Hanson fan. And then if you watch Hanson's like, you know, the early nineties, he worked with all of those guys, which probably explains why Masao was the free seed on my aforementioned pillars ranking. So, and then I went to Kawada and so on and so forth. So I think the best thing to do is like pick out a couple of critically acclaimed matches that intrigue you, that you think you might enjoy. And if one of the guys involved in those matches really like really hits for you, then go use them as like your little kind of route, you know? And it could be anyone, man. I mean, it's there are so many great wrestlers who are not the obvious choice necessarily. That's why I always love talking to Oracle about wrestling, you know, because there are so many guys who I think are, I don't know, I won't say lost to history, but I think people realize how great some of these dudes were, you know? You could have a hell of a time studying fucking Grapp's history just through watching Fit Finley matches. You take it from Japan to Germany to 2006 SmackDown to 2009 ECW, wherever it may be, you know, Regal, whoever it is. So um, there are a million options. Pick out a couple of critically acclaimed matches. Find a wrestler that you, that you like, follow them through their history and see if you meet anyone else along the way. That would be my advice. If it doesn't work, I apologize. Um, four horsemen ranking Mercedes, Becky, Bailey, Charlotte. Apologies if it's only offended. That's just, that's always been pretty much where I'm at. Bailey and Becky. At one point, more debatable for me. I can't really put Bailey above above uh, Becky anymore. Becky's big time, you know. She's just, she's just a money pro wrestler. I'm not even like a huge fan, but she's just money promo. Have great, have good matches with most of the roster. She's a great leader in that regard. I think Mercedes intangibles voice pop me, um, and I like her in ring the most. Becky's more well-rounded, I think, than Mercedes because she's about promo. But Mercedes, I think there's a there's a star X factor there. I still kind of think Graps is honestly, in some ways, Mr. Boat on weirdly, but uh, well, not so weirdly, really. <laughs> it's kind of what we do. But uh, yeah, that's my that's my personal one. Graps books recommendations. Terry Funk, which is where I stole doing the dance. <clears throat> awesome book isn't really like a great history lesson as much as it is like you're sitting in the back of a car with Terry and just talking graps. The Nitro book, which is which is tremendous, and any of the Chris Charlton books, any of those books, man, if you're interested in Japanese wrestling, Chris Charlton's books are incredible. The one about the Tokyo Dome, the one about New Japan specifically, he's, uh, yeah, he's tremendous. So any of those, there's a couple for you, mate. Give us a brief behind-the-scenes interview. It's what it was like interviewing Athena. Cool question. So on Tuesday, um, I Monty messaged me on Tuesday night, I think. Are you free on this time? And I was like, yes. And initially he said, well, this would have been a very different, very, very different um, interview. <laughs> initially he said, are you free at 11.30 p.m. Eastern? Which for anyone unaware is would legitimately be half four in the morning for me. <laughs> And I said, yes. 
and he's you know he said about uh, a thing there and i was thrilled obviously and then we quickly kind of figured out what it was going to look like and it was going to be 15 to 20 minutes now the, the thing was we recorded that the actual time was 11 a.m eastern so it's 4 p.m for me and they had to be done by by uh four by 11 24 20 whatever 420 pop um to go and do a live spot somewhere i can't remember what they were doing so the way it was was montgomery and i were in a stream yard boom athena popped up with AWPR person who was in the room because they were setting up you know kind of a place for her to do the stuff for that day she was kind of leading the her and ethan page were leading the charge in that regard and it we had very little time so i genuinely i think said maybe one word to athena before we were live <laughs> <laughs> because Monty had to explain he was not going to be, he was like, Jersey for doing an interview. The AEWPR person said, you know, we're obviously pushing final battle, so it can be focused more on AEW and Ring of Honor. There was a thumbs up, boom, boom, boom. Next thing I knew, we were live, and I had these, I had 15 minutes. Now, the thing, the thing with that is I was not nervous about talking to Athena. Not because I'm a cool guy or anything, but because I'm pretty aware of like she's pretty good at media and she's pretty personal. So I was, I knew it'd be fine. What I was terrified about, however, was messing it up from an AWPR perspective and fucking up Monty's connect. Not mine, because I don't do another interview this whatever, but, you know, the sites connect. And more importantly, time cues, brother. I, I'm usually doing four-hour shows, and I'm sitting there, I've got 15 minutes. I'm looking at the clock, terrified. I'm trying to figure out what questions to put where and where how to... I mean, obviously, you never want to be short on questions. So I prepared like 20 questions for this interview. I know I wouldn't get to them all. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was literally looking at the clock at like eight minutes, like, okay, I have three questions left, you know. And um, the Jay Briscoe one, I thought was like a really cool moment in the interview, which I'm really, I'm really glad I asked that because I kind of double guessed it and was like, not sure if I should. Because that that's always an awkward thing. You don't want to like pry on someone's personal memory, but I just thought it was fitting with what the week represented. Um, so I'm really glad I asked that because I thought that was a wonderful moment. You kind of saw a different side of the person there, right? And she gave us, a, I think that's a a new little anecdote about Mark kind of looking around at everyone on the stage being like, oh, Jay would have hated this. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's a little kind of mini thing. And then when we were done, obviously, everyone had to go and it was, everyone was happy with it. So I was, I was thrilled with that, so. There's there's a brief behind the scenes. There wasn't there was very minimal interaction that you guys didn't see, honestly. So hopefully it didn't come across that way. Hopefully it felt like we were both comfortable. I, I honestly, uh, she made it very easy in that regard. Very, very personable. So yeah. Our wrestlers getting on the Joe Rogan drugs. Incredible phrasing. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think Mox and King is the final for the Continental Classic? I do. Yeah, I, I thought that for for a while, honestly. Um I'm pretty confident from the start. I, I think King's going to beat Brian in the block final. And I think Mox is probably going to beat Swerve, right? So, I think, anyway. Because it felt like the Swerve match was, like, specifically setting up a rematch with that finish, right? Anything is, I don't like beating Swerve twice, necessarily, but mm, we'll see. As long as you have something up your sleeve for Swerve, that's the most important thing. You have to have something up your sleeve. It's too important, this momentum. You can't fuck it up. Favorite Danielson matches? My God, that's a hell of a question. Um, I think you've got to say Unified with Nigel. I think you've got to say Vendetta with Roddy. I think you've got to say um, the 60-minute match, which I forget the event name. I apologize. Someone may have it in the chat. The 60-minute match with Samoa Joe. 
which I love. I think is kind of honestly a lost classic. I think it doesn't get nearly enough credit for how good it is, the 60-minute match. Then I think you jump to... Um, I'm trying to think of the... Is it Over the Limit with CM Punk 2012? Uh, Brock from the Survivor Series. Mania with Kofi. Raw, December 2013 with Randy Orton. <laughs> and then you get to the AEW run, which is his most stacked run yet. I'm sorry, man. There's too many for me to limit, but I hope there's a couple there. Maybe you hadn't seen that you may want to watch. But the AEW stuff, I mean, it goes without saying. You've we're all very aware of that kind of conversation. So yeah, there's a few that may be slightly less famous ones. Not really, but kind of. Um what else we got here? TK said they're looking at bringing back RH signature events. Which ones would you bring back? Um I was going to say best in the world, and I realized that would be a different... We need to do the anniversary show again, in my view. The anniversary show not existing is kind of lame, yeah? We should, we should bring that back for sure. Um, All-Star Extravaganza, just because that name pops me. There's a couple. I'm trying to think of any others, any other fun Ring of Honor names. Yeah, there's, there's some for now. If any others come up, I'll circle back. I like Kyle, but him getting a singles belt in Callis group for Takeshita or even Hobbs is wild. <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> that group is fascinating, isn't it? Uh, anyone wondering if their chat's not been answered? I may have missed it, or more likely it's because I'm 20 minutes behind. So bear with me, folks. We've got more people in here than usual. Are you ready for Garcia to get pulled out of the Continental Classic to be Jericho's new partner at World's End? That is very possible and deeply unfortunate. Uh, so I'm not ready, but I may have to get ready after reading that. Uh, I'm reading Foley's book, Countdown and Lockdown. Great book. I like Foley, Foley, sorry, but it's truly unhinged looking to an old wrestler not realizing they're holding newer guys back and their ideas might not be great. It is. It's fascinating because he's on it. The thing about Foley is he's in deep enough to be sincere with that. You know, it's, um, yeah. This is, it's what is a wild read and him kind of being frustrated with the impact zone and things like that. My favorite thing about Countdown to Lockdown is, for anyone unaware, unaware, Foley was working with Sting at lockdown and he built the program around maybe I've got one last big stunt in me. You know, one last, basically saying I'm going to do something fucking crazy. And he had said this based on, um, he had asked them for like the old WWF blue cage, the big blue cage, because with that cage, he could set his feet and jump without dying. So he gets told, yeah, we can get the blue cage. It'll be fine. You know, go ahead with what you, what you had planned. So he does all these promos and he shows up to the building and it's the usual fucking TNA cage. And says, yeah, we can get it. <laughs> no one told him. So he did all this build about one last big bump and and uh, he couldn't take one after all because he didn't want to do it on that cage. You can get his feet set. So it's a great book. Anyway, there's another wrestling book for whoever asked that earlier. Uh, thing needs to be promoted to collision and yeah i mean i'm with you man i'd love to see an AEW tv unfortunately we are at a point with that division where it's kind of like as a fan you can't, i'm kind of thankful that she's just in her own world which is sucks and shouldn't be that way but i'm just being honest it's it's, it's lame man she should be killing it on the AEW tv show okay what else we got here oh i agree completely about keith lee's potential to be clear when I was saying about like some of my things of his work, that's just a me thing. A lot of the top guys ever I have quirks with their work is, you know, just being a loser. 
Yesterday was an unreal amount of great wrestling, and we're getting more today. Maybe I'm showing my age, but this is unprecedented good content. Bell to bell, man, it's crazy. Um, the guys really bring it. There's an opportunity to have great matches. There's more time to have great matches. There's more space to. I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think it's showing your age. I, I think a lot of the frustration is around stuff surrounding the in-ring, but in-ring, I don't think you can. I think you're spawn. What wrestlers has Tony signed and quickly realized he thinks they suck? Keith Lee seems to have lost back in from Tony. Yeah, I don't really think Keith's on that list. I think, um, God bless her, I think Ty Valkyrie's on that list. Um, trying to think of any others. People that Tony has, has signed and then lost faith in. There's two that I'm pretty confident on. I'm not sure beyond that. There's probably an obvious one I'm missing. I agree. Swerving our glory was a great use of Keith. I agree with that completely. Joe, what are your thoughts on Black Taurus? Uh, he's a beast. Awesome look too. He's fucking tremendous, man. Tremendous. Lo absolutely love watching that dude work. I I was reviewing his uh, impact run and like pulling my hair out when I used to have a lot more hair. It was baffling to me. So yeah, he's awesome. We're getting WrestlePress Worldwide review of Punk vs. Dom on the house shows. Honestly, man, there's room to do different things with that. We may do that, um, or we could do like a watch along of some house show tape. Either way, I think we will cover it in some form or fashion. So I think we'll see it in, you know, once it's out there. Oracle wants to watch that too, I'm sure. So we'll work something out. I'm hopeful. All depends how the uh how the holidays pan out, I guess. But I think there'll be some kind of coverage. Joe Osprey at Wembley sounds so godly, but I doubt Joe holds it long enough, sadly. Yeah, I think so. I think he'd have dropped it by then. I think it'll be a pretty short run, to be honest, but we can still do Joe and Osprey, right? <laughs> we can still do that. At some point, we should definitely do that. Joe, if you were doing an NXT draft, would Melo be in your top five? Trick, Braun, Tiffy Time. I think of who's the next like obvious. Maybe he's four. I've got to be honest. I'm not. A, I'm not a massive fan. I, I can't pretend I am. I, I do think he's a talented dude. I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see what many others see, which doesn't mean it isn't there. I just don't see it. Happens all the time. Um, even still, I think he's just his floor is high enough to get him in next at four for me. Ilya. No, Ilya's at four. Thank you, chat. Just, I love the way these solo shows were just me forgetting people. And for, um, I love Roxanne, but I just, TV personality, I think it's going to be an issue. Oberfemi, I can't actually list because I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. So I'll put him in at five. So yes, he's the five seed for me. Trick, Bron, Tiffany, Ilya, Melo. There's, there's the big burp five there, folks. Anyone, anyone waiting? Um, I was listening, thinking, listening to you guys chat about Billy Starks. She's ready to be champ, but also very young. It's nuts thinking about folks like Sammy, Cody, etc., spending years waiting to be champ, and then young people either get it or Twitter goes mad when they don't. Yeah, it's everyone's like wrestling timeline is different. It's weird in that way. Um, there was a lot of. And I get it. There's a lot of people that just like wanted the payoff, and I understand it. I'm not saying they're wrong too, to be clear. Especially because some people just wanted uh, Athena to be on the main roster. Every time I say main roster, I'm mad at myself, but there it was again. Um, it is interesting. Like There are guys who are around forever before they really get to that point in the conversation. 
whenever someone is there young, it's a compliment to how quickly they've climbed, really. If they're in the conversation, it's impressive. I mean, look at LA Knight. God almighty. <laughs> he had his first one of those conversations after 20 years, you know? So, yeah, Billy's way ahead of schedule, and this program is like been transformative for her, honestly. I don't think... I think it was the right call, personally. I, I think it's best to give her more time to to find who she is with this with this whole dynamic. But that's just me. Joe, look how Athena and Ethan revamped themselves from Ring of Honor. Who on the main roster would you send down to do the same? Um, interesting question. AEW main roster Ring of Honor revamp. Hmm. Did we, can we put the roster? Because I like this question. I like it a lot. And the thing that makes this complicated is when you have as many TV shows as they do, there are some folks who will be more valuable on Ring of Honor, but no one watches it. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to, <laughs> you have to kind of factor in many different, different elements here at play. Okay. I've pulled up the, the roster here. I'll say one that's totally nerdy and, I don't think you should actually be there because I like watching AEW TV. This will make more sense in a moment. Andrade being the top guy in Ring of Honor would pop me, but I don't want to sacrifice him for AEW TV, so it's hard to say. But just him being the centerpiece would just—I think it'd be fun. Um, otherwise, another one in that vein, Buddy Matthews. I think that'd be cool to get to see him get like a two hundred five live opportunity on on Ring of Honor. That'd be pretty neat. He could honestly do both where he was like a singles guy in Ring of Honor and still did the House of Black on AEW. Other than that, I think there's the... Uh, there's not one more here. He hasn't got long left in his career, but if, if he's going to be around, this would be fun. Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes would be fun. And uh, I think that's all for me personally. Maybe Mike Santana also. Maybe Mike Santana. I think that could be good for him, honestly. I feel Trick has more potential than Carmelo. Do you agree? I do. And I think that's a slight on Melo, even as much as it's a compliment to Trick, who is like just unfathomably charismatic. It's honestly ridiculous. Uh, I'd be so much more receptive to Athena's absence from AEW if Ring of Honor was even 25% competent as a brand and show. Had a strong start at the start of the year. Not sure what happened. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough to follow as a TV product. Her stuff is good, but it's like the only thing of real note. I mean, there's good stuff in there, but it's also like not particularly exciting, you know. Like even if the Nice page match popped me, did I really want to watch a month build to it? Not, not particularly, you know. So I get it; it's difficult. Hopefully, that part of it changes. I'm not sure it will, but we'll see. Um, yeah. He needs to. Obviously, you're absolutely right. Trick does. He still's got a ways to go, but he's just. His personality is big time. What number does Punk enter at? I have a fantasy of him and Cody entering at one and two. I think you're going to protect Punk and have him come in pretty late, to be honest. If it was up to Punk, I think he'd come in one, but that doesn't mean it's what he should be doing, <laughs> as we found out many times over the last couple of years. So I'd say in the 20s, um, probably not 30 specifically, but I think pretty deep in the match, I think he'll come in. Cody, I think, will be one, though. Um, Trick Williams and Kalani Jordan with the folk, NXT folks doing views last week. What would you have asked them? Honestly, I'd have just I'd have conceded and, and said that, that wasn't the interview for me. I never want to insult um, the talent by like you know 
If I haven't got a good question for the talent, I'll just let someone else do the interview. Thankfully, at WrestlePurious, we have a big team and there'd be a bunch of people that could interview Trick or Kalani. I would not be able to. I've seen a handful of Trick matches. I've seen no Kalani Jordan matches as far as I know. So I would just concede and say good luck to either of WrestlePurious or whoever. Uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be my interview, that one. My God. Listen to Big Bell on the plane. Tremendous. Safe travels, six star. Hope you're well. This one I'm talking about, an interview of Greg Garnier. I mean, this is this is the kind of business I'm talking about, yeah. You and Ib on a one-hour podcast with Dax. That would be something, wouldn't it? I'm sure that would definitely not upset anyone. Um, <laughs> that would be like a – we'd have a really great time. We'd have an hour wrestling conversation. We'd spend 40 of it talking about WCW, and then there'd be like one quote at the end about the, the Young Bucks or whatever, and it would be, that would be the end. I would just put a statement out and delete my account. Um yeah, so it'd be great. I'd love to obviously talk to both Cash and Dex. I mean, I think I need to announce that, but I'll confirm it nonetheless. Uh, I think they're pretty good, personally. It's just me. The Lexi interview. God bless. That would be fucking hysterical. She'd be so mad, you know? Asking obscure questions about how show spots that she did in 2017. She'd just politely go along with it. Real fucking grabs. Imagine you moderating a debate between Aldis and Pierce, Pop, Bob O'Neill and Lexi. There's the real money right there. Good stuff. I think the international and continental titles should be unified at some point. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Uh, the continental thing is, as we said, it could be it could be an issue, I think, but time will tell. Hopefully it works out okay. Um... Yeah, Aldis is yeah, Aldis is definitely like a thing. I agree with you. He'll give you some content for your uh, for your questions for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be Mox doing the tour with Triple Crown, similar to what you wanted to do with the international title for his concussion. I would agree. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Maybe the Triple Crown was actively to like pop Mox. You know, I could see that being the case also. He's like, oh, I need to win this. And Tony's like, well, it's a triple crown. He's like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> um, Joe, do you agree with all of these bookers' decisions to have Osprey win his matches out of the territory? Well, I assume he's going to put Oku over, it feels like, right? If not, then no. Stand for something and have him put over a shitter, you know? The way God intended. I hear the Gabe Kid match was great. Um, tits out for Joe H. That's not necessary, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Would you strap up top flight and action at World's End? Feels like a strike while the iron is hot thing. That'd be cool. I mean, that's what the trio's belt should be in matches like that. I've only seen clips of this match, but let's be real. I mean, that's what the belt should be. There's no reason for them to be anything but high spots and shootouts and crazy spots. I mean, that's what you want them to be. They're fireworks displays. When you're putting together a card, that's the role, the best best role for the trio's matches. There's no better champs than those guys, really, right? Or you could do the, the their opponents last night if you want. I mean, yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the play. I think. Is there a place that has a bunch of old eighties, nineties Japan stuff? Um, there's a lot of it still on YouTube. There's a lot of it on Daily Motion. Um, there are also some like sicko Google drives and such. But you want to see, we'll get a lot of it on YouTube. As far as I know, New Japan obviously they're they're different with it. But if you want like all Japan, you have a lot of it still on YouTube, unless something has changed. Um, 
there you go. Ring of Honor Library. I will say the Honor Club app is slightly terrifying, but there's a lot on there for sure. Uh, in their library, that is. Who should be on can now face at Mania since Charlotte is no longer available? You may have to call the legit boss. I think it may be to play. Get a legit boss in the ball game, I think. Or you could do the Jade Cargill thing. It's a hell of a spot for her, but you could do it nonetheless. Um, do you think AJ Styles would go back to his New Japan style? I don't. I think he's physically kind of... I, I think that's probably beyond him at this point. But I think him being a heel, I think you'll be able to kind of ramp up the viciousness and the spite, and I think that will help him. Um, my concern would be him kind of steering the ship in terms of pace and structure, because while he's wrestling brain is super sharp, I've seen a couple of those AJ Styles heat segments in recent years, and I haven't loved them. So I remember when he was a heel when Heyman was booking Raw, I remember thinking, yeah, this, things have changed a little bit. So let's see what he comes up with. I think he's going to lean more into being vicious, to be honest. The pit bull, was, as Vince always used to declare him. Um, how is your 205 book coming along? It's not. Uh, I'm, I, I conceded defeat on that project. I then started doing the um, the Real World's Champion project, which I have got. I've done a lot of. I mean, I've got like quite a, quite a strong amount of. The issue is how much is going on. I can't do it at the rate I'd like to, which is a shame. It's a, and it's saying that's one of those things I've kind of conceded. A project of that ilk is best being saved for later on in wherever I'm at with this space. You know, things are going to. Things are never going to be the same forever. Like different different times, I'll be doing different things, and um, I think there'll be a different spot, hopefully, in my time in this space where I can do one of those books and do it justice. Right now, I'm so kind of I won't say limited because that's ridiculous to say, but you know, I have to watch a lot of the stuff to keep up with what we do, and if I'm not watching it, I'm often on the air doing it. So it's. It's a tough time in, in terms of doing that those things. When I was on Fightful in like 2022, sorry, 2021, I had I was it was different. I could I could kind of delve into those things more, but nonetheless, I'm sure it will open back up. Believe it or not, I'm I'm not too old yet, so maybe I'll circle back to 205. I definitely will get the real world's champion thing out there one day though, because that popped me too much not to. Um I appreciate this. Anytime anyone is you know, hopeful to write about wrestling because of some stuff, you know, that I've helped them with or whatever, or they've, I've encouraged them by just doing my thing. That's great. Anyone who ever wants me to read one of their drafts or anything, tell me and I'll do that. Um, I'm bad at playing DMs now because they're more than I'd like, but I do generally try to get back to people with that. So if you ever want me to read anything, I'll try my best to. Um, yes, Foley's book's great. Brett and Jericho also. Yeah, Brett's book. Oh my God, how did I mention Brett's book? Moxley's book? Absolutely. I could have. The Ethan Page thing almost was the interview, but thankfully, I mean, I love Ethan, but Monty pushed through the thing to thing, so it was it was cool. Um, appreciate this, Willie. I know you've probably gone by now, but uh, have a good night, mate. Hopefully the Pistons lose, I guess. I guess that's what you're looking for. Um Appreciate the love on the interview. And I'm just catching up to that point in this <laughs> in the chat. Seems like it's going to go Joe Hangman Swerve Osprey as the next AEW World Champs. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I'm, I kind of think Max is still going to be in that picture, but I like this a lot more actually. So 
Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. The the U. That's one thing Triple H generally will do well with the belts is like just by kind of sticking to a plan, they will feel more important. And LA Knight getting that belt at Mania, which we presume he will, um, will be will be a, a moment that will help that belt. And you know, the IC belt obviously has come up huge anyway because of the Gunter Reign. So, yeah, absolutely. How do you evaluate Cena all-time outside of him obviously being like a huge star? Um, I think Cena is fascinating for a range of reasons in that he represents like so many different things at once. Some are positive, a couple are negative. I do think because of the era that followed his, it's, it is kind of forgotten how he was representative of a shift that a lot of people presented. That's not his fault necessarily, but it is a real thing. And you don't have to go back and watch the shows to see that. Um, I think putting aside the star parent, just talked about him like artistically for whatever it's worth. I think his promos were, you know, limited by what he was trying to achieve with them a lot of the time and who he had to be. But I think anyone who doubts what he's capable of as a promo is crazy, right? I mean, we saw what he we saw what he could do. Inside the ropes, he is one of the all-time great examples of a guy who just understood wrestling beyond, you know, mechanics and fundamentals. And it's something that we talked about on there's a grin grappler we did. I think it was, yeah, it was Lashley. Grin Grappler Bobby Lashley, and we covered his match with John Cena, 2007, I believe. And it's a match with a green Bobby Lashley, and it has every right to be clunky and messy. But yet, it is just an absolute triumph because they understand where they need to get to. You know, they understand where they need to... What is the destination? If we can get go in the right direction, it doesn't matter what, what like shortcuts we take along the way, we get there. I think that's the best way to sum him up as a wrestler. I think Becky Lynch is similar to that. Now, I think CM Punk has always been similar to that. In so many ways, CM Punk and John Cena are a contrast, but they're actually really similar in the way they view wrestling. And what they're good at in wrestling is very similar. So I say all that to say I evaluate him as a true all-timer. He's never going to be someone who's a favorite of mine because he is absolutely ridiculous in every which way and is without any kind of subtlety for the most part. That isn't really the point. Um... A true ace, a guy who understood the emotion of wrestling and the feeling of wrestling to an incredible degree, and someone who was capable of having matches that were magical way beyond his actual you know, physical fundamental skill set. A lot of his stuff looks like shit, but it doesn't matter because he just understands it, you know? So he's a he's an all-timer. He had his issues for me personally. I didn't like when he went too far in the kind of PWG direction. I thought, we, I thought we, the false finishes got out of hand in the last few years of his you know, kind of prime. But he's best on his best night. That dude was was superb. Um, fascinating top guy. Represents so many different things. So I hope I answered that somewhat well because there's so many. One day we'll do Grin Grappler John Cena and we'll really delve into it because he's like 10 different things as one, you know? So he's a really interesting guy to look back at. Ryan matches here getting love. Six minute SmackDown match with Brody Lee. God bless. Appreciate the love on the Athena deal. Um, 
what else we got here? Speaking of, uh, have one more big spot left in oneself. What have we got here? Sorry, my bad. Uh, time to end the year the way we started. Me taking an in-chat victory lap over Mercedes, not going to AEW. Yeah, true. I mean, I, I kind of, a couple months ago, I started to concede. Um, but it's still insane. The Wembley part of it is fucking hilarious. That'll be a scene in the documentary, I'm sure. Good Lord. It's very funny. Not ideal by any means, the uh, for old T-bone tone. Um, might be too early, but what do you think Tiffany Stratton's ceiling is? Fucking super high, man. I don't think there is one. I think it'd be kind of crazy to put a ceiling on her, honestly. Like, with her, just the raw ingredients of Tiffany Stratton is the WrestleMania main event, though. I would say the biggest challenge for her, and it's not saying that I think she's going to struggle with, to be honest, but I'll say it nonetheless, is what I see as being like the big box for her to tick. Right now, she's very much doing a gimmick, which is a great thing for a young wrestler who's finding their way. And it's not like a create a ridiculous gimmick, but she is like way over the top, which is awesome, right? I think the key for her to be a true main event of what she, you know, and that's what she's capable of being, is finding a way to play the mean girl with a, enough kind of edge that it feels somewhat grounded, I think would be my my long-term thing. That's nothing to worry, worry about right now. She's got years. That'd be the one thing, because otherwise, I mean, she's look how good she already is in the ring. Insane athlete. Like, yeah, she's, she ticks every box. So Tiffany Stratton's ceiling is insane, honestly. Yeah, if this is about Dom and Punk, yeah, I think it, I'm pretty sure it will happen on TV. There's a long time for the Rumble, man. I think they're going to do Punk a match on TV beforehand. Um, what else we got here? This is we're back to now the all your suggestions, which God bless. Okay, I'm scrolling. I apologize, folks. Watch Punk Joe earlier. Um, and still can't get my head around the events that transpired that could have punk main event and sorry, winning the Royal Rumble main event in Mania. What a timeline that we're in? CM Punk is such a unique character in this great sport that he's basically having like his very own prof 90s professional wrestler chapter here in 2023. He's operating on his own timeline. Collision premiered in June. <laughs> Here we are in December and we're gearing up for the CM Punk Royal Rumble win. Um, love it. hate it. I'm fine with both and I get both, but there's only one. That dude is, is an anomaly. My goodness. Yeah, it's wild. Um, lethal back in Ring of Honor. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Is there anything coming of the Garrison Carter team? Probably not, but you never know, right? Uh, I always think Bianca Blair is a great example of someone doing everything really early. She's not 19, but feels like she's done everything in her first two years. Yeah, and it can be tough because for wrestling rosters to really work, you do need to have like up and down. If it just goes in circles over and again, which is a problem they do have with the women, especially with like Charlotte and that kind of deal where it's like she just comes out and wins the belt. You just kind of go round and round. So it can be difficult to keep things fresh. I think Bianca probably does need like a next. I'm always hesitant with this talking work. I kind of, I love Bianca Blair as a talent, but I do think there's probably room to like, you know, explore something different for her. 
she's still going to be central. Obviously, she's Bianca Belair. It goes without saying, but yeah, it's a good example for sure. Your comment about Tony Nese being a good wrestler on TV, no one watches. Uh, can you think of other wrestlers who fit that bill? Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Tony's a really extreme example because he didn't even really get like a run post 205 Live. He didn't get off 205 Live, did he? Wasn't he on 205 Live when it was like an NXTB show? Try to think. Any others? There must be some WCWC show guys that Oracle would know. Hmm, I got I got nothing. It's a great question though. I'm gonna have to check in with Lord Oracle on that. Uh Cody Gunter replaying the end of last year is one and two, the way Taker and Sean did makes sense. I agree. I just the only reason I don't think that's happening is because I only thought that was gonna happen if Gunter was winning it, you know? And it certainly seems like Seth Freakin is gonna be wrestling the big man, so of course meaning CM Punk for anyone, for anyone wondering. Well, hold on. Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale versus Diamante and Mercedes Martinez. Street fight announced. Big time is back. Tremendous. That will rule. Okay. What show does better on cable when Roman's gone? Raw with Punk or SmackDown with Cody? Knights are going to play a big factor there. Terrible lame answer, but it's true. We don't know where SmackDown's going to land yet. But uh, Raw with Punk is just a funny, it's still funny to read. Um, if they stayed on their current nights, Raw would win, which is hilarious. But uh, I sense we may get a really weird shift in that regard. Cody will be around more, so I'll say SmackDown. Mm. The heart can't take, and I've already lost fair. I think it's going to have to, unfortunately, but I, I get it. Some talk about um, the New Japan stuff that's out there. Anyone interested? Okay. Joe, just wondering, how did you get into wrestling writing? Did you study at Union Street? Absolutely not, man. Um, I started writing. I started writing about MMA on a whim. A friend of mine convinced me to. He's a very, very talented writer and... He convinced me to do it because I was a huge fan. I started doing some writing in 20, June, sorry, July 2016. And I got kind of lucky in that like something I did blew up really quick. Then after doing I was doing that for like six months, just on like my own, like WordPress or whatever. I got, um, Sean Ross Sapp did a whole thread about like, basically about how people aren't waiting. You know, no one's, no one's going to be coming to get you. You have to go and, open door yourself basically and it was a whole thread it was and it was very very helpful and very very encouraging so i had reached out to fight for like when i got started and, and it just for whatever reason sean didn't see the message it happens he gets a million of them I'm sure and i messaged him again that day and he saw it and he liked some of the stuff i'd done so he took me on to do features for ma boxing and sometimes i would do pro wrestling my first feature for Fightful about pro wrestling was about Bobby Roode uh, on his road to NXT, uh, wherever the one was we wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura for the belt. So that gives you some perspective on how long ago we're talking about, you know? And so basically I would do, my experience in that regard was that I would do like probably one a week on average. WrestleMania, for like four straight WrestleManias, I would do like 10, which was fucking unhinged when I look back on it. 
So I did a lot of those and really got very little traction, not for anyone's, you know, not for anyone's fault. I mean, they would promote the articles and stuff. People just didn't really care. Um, some wrestlers like showed love to them, but that's, that's a different thing really. And I never like relying on that anyway. I think that's a slippery slope. Um, so I did that for like three years. I guess it would be yeah, three years until I'd start doing the podcast and then I would, I would do both. But that's when people actually started realizing like I did this stuff and cared slightly, not much, but slightly. So I never started it. It's something I've just kind of, got, I've got experience with as I've been going along here. Um, writing is something I love doing. I drive myself nuts with it in terms of like, it's a kind of painful experience sometimes, you know, um, the match guide has been a different challenge altogether because I was tired of that old doing that format of the features and stuff. So it's just something I've been doing for a long time now, man. I've not really got a, a particular skill set for it. It's something that I enjoyed writing and I tried to get better at it and better at it. And I, I think I've, you know, I think I've done some good stuff. I've done some bad stuff, certainly. <laughs> but there's some stuff I'm pretty proud of that's emerged along the way. So it's like anything, you have to just jump in the pool and, and try and get better. It's it's all you can do, really. Um, find some people that you respect, their voices and try and get their feedback wherever you can. But that's been my personal road to this point. Um, okay. I appreciate this, Andrew. I appreciate it. I know it sounds crazy, but I recommend Co and Fury from SmackDown last night. I have heard it's, uh, I've heard it's good. No, but it does seem like Fury's doing better inside the ropes, which is, which is good, I guess. I think, um, Hogan fascinates me. He's so flawed, but gets it on so many levels. Listen, you break down the Yoko match and the giant match in WCW shows. He has thought about what he's trying to achieve. Hogan, look, Hogan is a piece of shit and everyone is inside. Just say, fuck Hulk Hogan. I get it. I co-sign it on many levels. Um, but Hulk Hogan was a good worker. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean he's a good dude, but he was a good worker and he would change his style for where he was at. The, the Japan thing is exhausting because people clip him doing a fucking arm bar and talk about how he was like, you know, Eddie Guerrero or whatever. But he was a different wrestler in Japan. He was. I mean, that's not a lie. That's actually a real thing. Um, he found a formula in the States that worked for him and he stuck to it. Could he have benefited from more variety? Yes, he could have. <laughs> did it work most of the time? Yeah, it did, you know. So, um, and as a character, he evolved the NWO thing. So the NWO thing, I said, like, was obscure. Hulk was a really good worker. Not a super dynamic or versatile one, but he, he was definitely good. Um, even if a piece of shit all the same. That's what he is, right? Most wrestlers are, unfortunately. All right. About what you said about Cena. I love that archetype for a guy who doesn't like... Um, he doesn't do crazy shit, just gets wrestling grounds. Like, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Wrestling's fascinating, right? There's so many different ways to do it and achieve it. It's uh, that's what makes it interesting. I think anyone who isolates themselves to like a, a single lane of this is the wrestling is is dumb. I mean, to me, it's like there's a single lane of wrestling that I love the most, and I've described it a million and one times. That isn't the only wrestling that works. It's the opposite a lot of the time. You have to have an open mind, and everyone's form everyone's kind of formula is different, and everyone's roots different, but as long as they wind up where they need to get to, I think you have to kind of appreciate that on some level. Even if it isn't always for you, that's fine too. But yeah, Cena is a, Cena's a great example of that. Also very good when he could bleed, absolutely. 
That yeah, the Mercedes run it was fucking nuts. All right. How do you think the business will be in 10 years? Do you think it'll be more promo heavy or more match heavy? That's a really good question. Um I think we're we're in a really interesting time when you look at what I was talking about earlier with the kind of WWF going in reverse thing, right? And that like that return to babyface star power, especially with guys that have great physiques and have, you know, looked the part and have the catchphrase and so on and so forth. Um I think it's likely that the that trend continues for a while longer. Where we go beyond that, you know, your timeline of 10 years, I think is really difficult to gauge. And it doesn't mean it's not a good question. It's a great question. It's just I don't know if I'm smart enough to answer it. Um, it certainly feels like we've moved, we've gone past moves for moves sake is still awesome to watch, but it doesn't feel like it's the cent- centerpiece of the industry's like, it doesn't feel like the industry's pulse the way it did, you know, 10 years ago to me, or even a little bit less. Um, it definitely feels to me like we're kind of going back to, to basics. So I think that will continue for the next probably block of time, if you say next five years. The question is, what then, right? What does that then look like? Maybe it is more an emphasis, emphasis on promos. The biggest thing that I circle was like, I think being kind of a a point of interest, especially for an AEW, I think TV formats in wrestling. I think there's room to really explore what we do with TV and wrestling. Um, WWE have a, a formula that works for them, their audience is comfortable with. There are a lot of elements of WWE TV that are fucking insane, and they, do, they get away with doing them because they are WWE. And I think the way we present wrestling on television could be entirely reimagined. And I'm hesitant to use goofy words like that because ultimately it's still going to be a wrestling match in a wrestling ring. But man, I'm telling you, I recommend anyone go back to the 80s, the 70s, watch wrestling TV from different territories. There was such range in presentation in the way the announcers would handle things, in the way the promos, the promos were cut, in the way the angles were shot, in the way the matches were wrestled. Every territory had its own vibe and feel and approach. And now it feels like even though AEW is different in, in like vibe and in style, the presentation is still very familiar, you know? So that's the big thing I would circle into our industry trends. I'd like to see someone swing with that. TNA would be great for them to finally do that after 21 years of just following everyone else's lead, you know? So I didn't really answer your question, but there's a different answer to a different question, I guess. <laughs> Um, the Zeus figure does fucking rule. Okay. I'm going to catch up on where we're at in the chat and then I'm going to start winding down, folks. If you have any questions left, throw them in and I'll try my best to get to them here. I'm like five minutes behind in the chat, so um, it's been a hell of a time. I hope everyone's enjoyed this. Okay. Um, he's got a little bit of time, TV time at NXT. And the Cruiserweight G1, the Escobar one. My God, I have no memory of that even been a thing. That's incredible. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I kind of thought that was the case. Interesting. Um, Eric, look at this. This is a pop. I was looking at the height of wrestlers. Fun fact, Josh Briggs is actually taller than Dijak. First two on Saturday. Eric Rowan and Tyson Fury are taller than Braun Strowman. Yeah, there's a great... Um, 
there's a great media day they did once where they sent Braun, Bill, um, you know, the big Cass, and Alexa to, like, I think it was a baseball team. Maybe. Some kind of sports team where there was actual tall people. And it ruled because they managed to send the worst possible people in that they sent two guys who are supposed to be seven foot tall and, like, you know, kayfabe. And Alexa, of course, who is, like, two foot taller than actual who <laughs> is actually tiny. So they ended up kind of just looking like a some sort of circus act, quite frankly. So, yeah, wrestling heights are fun. God bless. Uh, Joseph, are you a Nia Jax truth like some of your wrestle purist peers? Um, I like to pretend I am signs. I do think it's quite funny. I think she's kind of fun to watch, you know. She's like, I mean, she's good, but like, I do think people do a little bit much, you know. Like, I'm sure her beliefs suck, but I mean, let's be honest, that, that would wipe out most of the fucking roster, we'll be in, being frank. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's where we're at in the game, so. As a wrestler, I think her matches are kind of fun. She had something different in the division. Her promos are very unfortunate. From what I've, I may have changed. I haven't seen any since she came back. It used to be very unfortunate. Um, I think she's all right. Sometimes I pretend I'm more of a fan than I am on WrestlePurist just because it's fun. I like to encourage my friend Ibu of WrestlePurist, but she's all right. She's one of those wrestlers who's become like such a conversation on the negative side of things. I just think... Sometimes I just get tired of everyone going in one direction with that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, stop it. You know, it's enough. <laughs> it's uh, it's like what I'd like to like, I'd like to enjoy Brian Pillman Jr. And the fact that he's like really bad is unfortunate because it would actually pop me to pretend he's good. And I can't because he's, he's that bad, <laughs> which, which says a lot. So same with Killer Cross. If that dude was just like a, if he was just like a four out of ten worker, I'd be like, this fucking dude's got he's got something just to pop myself. But unfortunately, he's just actually bad. So you get what you get, I suppose. Um my god, brainbusters in the crowd, he's waiting for the collision. Have a good night, mate. That should be a hell of a time. We've got a tremendous lineup in store. Uh have you seen clips of this high speed thing? I've not. Uh it's it's a cool idea though, I agree. Some put some wrestlers in the lane that are hard to get out of. Maybe so, yeah. It depends how it's presented for sure. You don't want to do like Nitro Cruiserweight vibes where it's just they live in their own world, right? I mean, Nitro Cruiserweight's are awesome. I mean, the issue with that. If Wrestle Pierce had a year in award for best unsigned wrestler of the year, who do you think should make the nominee list? Great question. Um, unsigned grapplers. Well, it looks like Brian Keith may have been signed. Otherwise, I mean, he was unsigned most of the year. He would be on there. Um, I think Leo Rush, I think, is a guy who's still free, a free agent, right? floats around. He's tremendous. Um, hmm. Unsigned wrestlers. Who are, the, who are the guys right now, folks, in the chat? Help me out on this, because I always feel like I'm missing people, but I don't think it's a particularly great era for these fellas, to be honest. Because everyone gets signed so quickly now, you know? If it was like when I first hear of a guy, the next thing I know, they're on TV. I'm, in, I'm intrigued as to what... Um, let's see if there's any names in the chat. There's a couple that I just threw out there. But I honestly, I, I don't have many beyond that, unfortunately. Maybe I'm missing some people. Whenever I watch the indies, it's like... Like, I think Titus Alexander's like a good heel. But he doesn't 
jump off the page in a way of like, fuck, how's this guy not signed? He just feels like someone who's been who's gone up through the tears because of how many people have been taken from the Indies, which isn't his fault, to be clear. Yeah, Nakajima, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> that works. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time in that regard. Um, West Coast Wrecking Crew guys are pretty good. Cardona, Pop. Um, I like Violence is Forever. That's a good call. I'm not super familiar with... I know Alec Price, Channing Thomas, I'm not super familiar with, nor Desmond Cole, I'm not seen. So it's not my expertise, unfortunately, mate. It's a very good question that, you, that you've wasted on me. <laughs> Try and ask someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Very good question, though, seriously. Um, honest thoughts on PWG was absolutely awesome from, like, the time where I'd say I really love it. I would say 20, I'd say 2013, 2012, that range, through to, like, 2016. I think it's just, there's some wonderful stuff in there. It's, and there's a lot of people who think of PWG as one thing, but it's foolish to do that because they just mostly let guys come in and play their music, you know? Some of the some of the Roddy Strong matches, like I've talked about the Speedball match a million times. Speedball and, and Roddy Strong in 2015 had one of well, like an all-time match for me. I I adore the match. I'm not even a big speedball guy. Like, I think he's very talented, but he's not like a favorite of mine or anything. It's just such a good match. Um so there's there's some brilliant stuff. The night sticking in the kind of Roddy lane, the night where he gets his title win after um Kyle wrestled Ricochet, I think magical and he gets great heat i mean there's some wonderful stuff pwg is one of those things that is like framed as a singular lane of professional wrestling as we were just talking about and a lot of times it's by people who never actually watched it so it was fucking awesome at times there's some stuff i didn't like um there were eras of it that were somewhat unfortunate but yeah man it's a hugely significant part of the game for this last 20 years i guess jesus wept it's been a, a, a really cool promotion, legitimately. Um, ten years ago, wrestling was in the doldrums. If it was more sustainable, sustainable, sorry, in a TK Triple H world, they don't eat each other alive and discover a new element we may not have seen before. It could be really interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued by like when Triple H's cycle. I apologize for having used that word, but that's the one I landed on. When he's like booking cycle begins to kind of near its natural conclusion because every booker does that. Do not be fooled. That is just the way it works. And you get kind of stuck on the same guys and you need a jolt sometimes to break out of it. I think we saw that with him in NXT. I'm intrigued by how the industry looks then. I'm intrigued where Tony's at at that point, you know? Like, is Tony in a position to kind of gain ground or is he going to be... Does he going to have dug himself a hole? It'd be very interesting to see how this all develops. Um, Yeah. Very intriguing. Very, very intriguing indeed. Yeah, there's a good example we were talking a moment about, about TV formats. Lucha Underground is a great example. Great example. May have been two, five years too early is an interesting point also. Okay. What do we got here? I'm catching up. Yeah, it feels like Brian Keith would have been signed, right? Especially with the way he got his entrance. My God. That was wild. Good for him. Man. He had a hell of a showing too. I didn't get to see the cartwheel match. I was I was not able to watch the pre-show until DG came on, but he had a hell of a shine in the in the six man. 
Watch often with a non-fan and the presentation they want is matches like Briscoe, Jay White with the announcer talking about what they're doing without pretending uh, without pretending it's a real fight. It's a fascinating experience watching with with uh, with non-fans, man. Very eye-opening. People use it for like lame tweets, which is unfortunate because it kind of ruins the whole genre of conversation, but it actually can be like really interesting. There are quirks to wrestling. That you only that only become more apparent to you watch with non-fans or casual fans. Um, and there are also like one of the fun things about having that experience is you also realize that some of the stuff old heads will tell you is the things that would connect are the things that connect the absolute least. Um, especially with promos, you know, like it's a, it's very it's an interesting thing. Wrestling would benefit from some lies that are like totally fresh to it. It'll never happen because of course, but It'll be interesting to see how it would change things. Okay. Nick Nemeth, yes. The best unsigned wrestler, Dolph Ziggler. God bless. All right. I think we're almost... Star rating prediction for Alton Aldis, two and a half. Be a lovely match. Great two and a half. Yeah, there's, this is the thing. There's a lot of freelance, like Mystico and Desperado. It'd be complicated. You need to really lock in on the on the definition. How much are you trying not to react when Athena named every wrestler you like when talking about it? Honestly, not much. I tried, I, I was openly reacting and having fun with it. Um, I was relieved by that point because I'd reached like, you know, I, I'd settled into the interview and was okay with the time. So I was I was having fun with reacting. Honestly, it was very funny. Picture of Samoa Joe just like looming behind me, you know. My God, Desmond Cole and Two Cold Scorpio. Okay, I may investigate this. This has intrigued me. I like seeing Two Cold doing his thing. Does Raw go to WBD? Six question marks. I appreciate it. Um, I don't think so, but anyone who confidently gives you an answer to that question is probably full of shit, unless you have Nick Khan on Twitch, in which case he'd probably answer it for you. He would simply lie, though, so yeah. I don't know, man. It's definitely spooky, the time that shit came together. The fact it's out there it all makes me think that it's more just some posturing and perhaps WBD kind of giving a little bit of a, you know, a shrug on the shoulder to AEW, like, you might want to sign this. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think so. It wouldn't surprise me because nothing surprises me in that regard. So, yeah. Um, what else we got here? I did the Raw WBD one. Um, okay. Wrestling, I'm not a big torrent merchant, no, with the graps. No, I have some means in terms of watching professional wrestling in creative ways, but not not the torrent route generally. <laughs> this does rule. Six-year-old dog getting mad as trick got put in the penalty box. Just like me, for real. All right, that's it, folks. I'm going to do some plugs while I do this. If you have any last questions or ones that I missed, please feel free to repeat them. Been really fun here being on for the last hour and a half. I didn't know if any people would be around to join me, but inexplicably many of you have, which is very fun. So I hope everyone has enjoyed it. Um, going to reiterate last night's plugs. Tuesday, Grin Grappler, Von Eriks. If you're a WrestlePurist viewer who's new to the late night Grin, Grin Grappler is my favorite show that I've been a part of. Even more so than any, um, the flag, I love the flagship. My favorite series is Grin Grappler. I'm so proud of that series. So you can catch up um, now on the, the archives. There's all sorts of wrestlers from Samoa Joe to 
Mickey James to whoever. Um, Grin Grappler is my favorite series. And this Tuesday, we're doing the Von Erics because the Iron Claw is obviously on the way. So that's going to be a very cool uh, addition to our archives in that regard. So that's Tuesday. On Thursday, I'll be doing um, the Late Night Grin, I think 97, maybe 96, 97. One of those two. Uh, and we're going to be doing our Christmas show. So the lads have got some gifts that I've that I've sent them, which I'm excited for them to open. Um, and also we're going to select our nominees for the Golden Grinnies, which is the most ridiculous uh, awards in this game, I think it's fair to say. So that's what's coming up this week. That'll probably be kind of winding down our year. Honestly, I don't think there's going to be much across the holidays because the Grinnies is just a thing we kind of do on occasion now. So that feels like what makes sense. So this has been fun. I hope everyone enjoys the wrestling tonight on Collision. I hope everyone enjoys... Uh, enjoyed Final Battle, enjoyed Rampage, enjoyed SmackDown, whatever it may be. My next show will probably be worldwide on on Monday. So, all how? Keep grinning. Have a great night and enjoy this outro, folks. Speak soon.